You think you know me. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Barricade Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, Sold Out. With me, your host, Freddy Aloso, with my co-host, Anthony, the Encyclopedia. Gentlemen, it's rated R in the wrestling world again. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we got a very special guest for you coming to you guys live with us here in the Bear Cave Studios. It is a good friend of ours, Aaron Boyd, the host of Brawling with Boyd Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the show, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing well. It's really good to be here. Really good to um, ready to get to talk about this wrestling stuff and get rated out, you know? Yeah, man. We're... <clears throat> It's been a crazy week thus far. Um, We'll be touching on it in the Frenzy episode, but uh, we wanted to send our condolences to the Bryant family and all the families that were lost in that horrific helicopter crash over the weekend. I know, you know, Kobe kind of was a widespread, beloved athlete, so... Us as wrestling fans here, you know, we uh, send our condolences to the family. But on a higher note, you know, Royal Rumble was Sunday. What did you think of the card? I mean, the card was uh, it was awesome, man. I, it was to me, it's been one of the best Rumbles uh, in the last couple of years. It was, you know, plenty of surprises. You know, the Royal Rumble wasn't too dry. You know, uh, you know, got to see a mixture of you know NXT stars main roster stars, the returns of people who hasn't been there in a, in a good while, but it was just absolutely amazing. Um, it's a good way to start the year 2020 off, for sure. Nice. Encyclopedia, what do you think? So we started off the weekend, uh, as we as we uh, n- mentioned last week, we had NXT when Worlds Collide, so it was NXT versus NXT UK. Um, Really, both tag matches in that show delivered Mustache Mountain versus DUIY, and we also had Imperium, uh, who ended up going down by a man due to Alexander Wolf getting injured during the match. Uh, they faced off against Undisputed Error, uh, and it was nice to see. It was really cut, split down the middle as far as the wins go went between both rosters. There wasn't one dominant roster. It was it was a fun show, and then. We had the Royal Rumble itself, which I don't think there were any major surprises necessarily as far as the results went. Um, I'm going to be honest. I When Shayna Baszler came out as number 30, I thought, holy shit, I got this pick right. And then freaking Charlotte had to ruin it. Um, kind of sick and tired of Charlotte having to win everything. But you know what? If that was the worst thing that happened on the whole card, um, 
that's fine. Uh, a lot of rumors about what Charlotte's going to do with that title shot. I'm sure we'll be discussing that as we move along here. Uh, the biggest surprise, I think, of the weekend was the rumored return of Edge actually came to fruition. I know I personally probably said it here on the show. I was calling bullshit on that for weeks, so uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, happy to be wrong on that one. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming, and I... Uh, Found it interesting that his wife pretty much carried the second half of the Women's Royal Rumble match, Beth Phoenix, with a split open head on the back of her skull mm. there, um, still made it to the Final Four, and then Edge made it to that to the end of the Men's Royal Rumble as well, so uh, it was a nice touch. We had uh, Santina Morella, I don't know anyone that was really calling for that. Uh, Mighty Molly returned uh, on the men's side, in addition to Edge, we also had uh, ended up being a two-night only return for MVP. Um, sadly, I was not really impressed with his work on Raw. I think they're, they're, he basically said this is his last WWE match and he's going to start winding it down. Uh, probably a good call there. It just seemed like he was struggling to keep up with Mysterio. Um, and with Mysterio wrestling as long as he has, he's not as quick as he used to be either. So it's kind of painful to watch at times, but it's still fun and nostalgic at the same time. And at least on the men's side, we got a brand new winner, a new guy getting pushed to that main event level, and Drew McIntyre. Freddie and I both picked that last week. A uh, nice change of pace. No, one of the things we discussed last week. This rumble wasn't very predictable as far as who that winner was going to be. Um, there were a lot of question marks this year. Uh, you could have seen a few guys win this one, where normally the last several years you could kind of pinpoint exactly who's going to come out the winner. Yeah, definitely. I thought. Um I thought it was a good card from top to bottom. The Rumble match itself kind of threw me off the start of it. It wasn't very Rumble-esque, you know, with the whole Brock Lesnar basically running through the first, what was it, 12, 12 to 15 guys almost. And then, you know, getting knocked out by... Uh, by McIntyre, and I know Anthony, you and I were texting back and forth throughout the pay-per-view. Um, you said it right when it happened, and I think you hit the nail on the head. The um, that Claymore kick that basically put over McIntyre like crazy. Edge's return was super nostalgic. Uh, good to see him back. He looked like he hasn't missed a step. He looks like he's in better shape now than he was when he was originally in WWE. Um, Beth Phoenix, like you mentioned, carried that Royal Rumble. Um, I thought for sure I was losing in that pick with Baszler when I saw her come out at 30. And then she lost to Charlotte. I was like, oh, Anthony's going to be super pissed at this one. Um... Worlds Collide, I didn't get to watch much of it, but I did see the last two matches. Uh, very impressed with the boys there. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts. What do you think about the whole Brock Lesnar start of the Rumble? Aaron, we'll start with you. Um, I actually thought it was pretty interesting. Like I was like For weeks, I was wondering. I was like, okay, Brock Lesnar's in the Rumble. Is the WWE Championship on the line? Wasn't sure where they were going with it. And I kind of figured they were going to have him go through probably the first 10, or I guess he went through the first 15. It was interesting. Um, 
uh, it, it made me upset a little bit, especially when got like the bigger guys started to come out, like Keith Lee and Braun Strowman. Um, I, I was kind of upset how they had him, how they had Lesnar eliminate the both of them. I'm not sure. Um, I kind of like the big stare down between Lesnar and Keith Lee. I hope they get to see each other in the future, but. Um, I thought he, I, I was just hoping that Lesnar wasn't going to go through the entire rumble and win the whole thing. So thanks to Drew McIntyre for that. Um, but other than that, I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. The McIntyre Claymore kick, as you referenced, really put him over Freddie. Uh, I mean, even if he didn't win the Royal rumble, at least that really got the biggest reaction of the match until edges returned. Uh, I, suspected going in that he was going to probably run through several superstars. I didn't think he was quite going to hit. I think the number was 13 because I think they had him tie Braun Strowman's record from Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, Keith Lee, at least, can probably recover from from that. He's still young. Braun Strowman, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is about him. They just don't have a lot of faith in him um, at, on that main event level. They've tried it a few times and then never let him go over. Uh, not that he can't recover from that, because he probably can. But I think I think we're a long way from seeing him back at that main event picture. I think he's going to be the one to take out Shinsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental title at this point. Um, and then on the women's title match, um, I don't know if you guys saw the footage with Beth Phoenix with that with that head split I mentioned. I was watching and I saw the back of her head turning crimson red, and I was trying to figure out when the heck did she cut her head open. Apparently, she was, I believe, up on a turnbuckle, and I forget who she was in the corner with, but she she was selling a punch thrown, and she kind of sma- snapped her head back like to sell the punch, and she smacked her head against the back rigging post. So t- talk about a freak injury, but she stayed out there for the whole thing. On the other hand, we had uh, AJ Styles, who took a spear from, from Edge, and I believe it's a shoulder injury. It might, be a, it might have been a separated shoulder. Uh, he left. He was thrown out a lot quicker than he was supposed to be. Um, there's some idiots out there, uh, Melser, that claim that they were trying to get AJ out of the match, and AJ insisted that Edge at least throw him out uh, to make it legit. Um, so that old bull, I don't. I don't think the. I think the only reason why anyone would have even picked up on it is apparently Carl Anderson had a shocked look when he realized AJ was out, but. Uh, there was a lot of people online reporting this was probably one of the best men's Royal Rumble matches we've had in a long time. I would not say it beats the 92 one. I don't think it's quite that high up in the rankings, but it was very entertaining from beginning to end. Even when Brock was running through people, Brock was having some fun out there with some of that, like smiling and dancing and what have you. <laughs> Keith Lee can definitely, I think, recover from from the beatdown he took. But it, it, overall, it was a fun show. Uh, the other one, the other person who was making his Rumble match return, at least John John Morrison, uh, were used to feats of amazing athleticism by him to avoid elimination. Uh, Kofi Kingston is another one. We didn't get that this year, so I think WWE is trying to get that out of our heads that it's not going to happen every year. Instead, we had to see Naomi do it in the women's match for, what was that, 10 minutes it took her to figure out how to get back into the ring? <laughs> yeah, it took her like 15 minutes to get back in the ring. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's on the announcer's table, and she's sitting there like trying to figure out how to get back to the steps, and I'm saying to myself, you jumped further than that. Are you kidding me? Just jump onto the damn steps. I was like, is this another Miz thing where she's just going to hang out outside till like, you know, the final four and then slide back in? 
But no, she was really just trying to figure out how to get back in the ring. Yeah, she also went for hairstyle out of the night. Holy crap. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, talk, what is she, she came out with the biggest blowout I've ever seen. It looks like she was trying to trying to figure out how to bring the fro look back, but... <laughs> and so then we had, you know, like like you mentioned, I, I think that uh, Keith Lee, he'll, he'll be able to recover. That stare down between him and Lesnar had WrestleMania moment written all over it. If you could do it correctly, get a big stare down, two big guys. Lee looks like he could move really well in the ring. Um... Even even the three of them together with Braun, Keith Lee, and Brock, they were all moving really well for big dudes. You know, like I, I didn't see much kind of like, okay, yeah. weird bump here, weird bump there. Like these guys were going full speed and it, it looked really well. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but I, th- I think when Keith Lee first came out, Brock Lesnar was like, like, who's this? I think he mouthed it. He was like, who's this guy? Like, I've never seen him. So I'm not sure if they had, like, any prior work before the show. But, like, yeah, he was just like, he came to the ring, and he was like, who's this motherfucker? You know, uh, excuse my language. But, you know, it, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, good point. I, I, I totally forgot about that. Um, you know who didn't get his Brock Lesnar ma- moment, uh, except backstage, was uh, Matt Riddle. <laughs> Yeah, Brock probably would have killed yes. him. <laughs> yeah, supposedly Brock told him backstage, "Just stop what you're doing with the social media. You will never face me." <laughs> and and then of course, that was like throwing fuel on the fire because either Riddle caught wind of the rumors that this confrontation supposedly happened, or he just doesn't give a shit and he's still pushing it. Um, and the reason why I wonder if this time it was serious was because there was the rumors about him and Goldberg at SummerSlam, which I think a lot of us thought, yeah, bullshit. And then all of a sudden, WWE 24 or Chronicle, whichever one it was on that event, showed the confrontation. So. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure he came out after Brock Lesnar was eliminated, right? I'm not, I can't remember, but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he came out with flip-flops. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, that's a stick. So, after all that, we've had the roster riddled with concussions. <laughs> we had the the Wolf one that Anthony mentioned earlier. The very next night on Raw, Samoa Joe got pulled from a match after his uh, what was it head dive out of the ring, where it didn't look that bad. The number one move in wrestling today, the Tope Suicida. (laughs) It it didn't look that bad from when it first happened, but then you saw Joe kind of super hazy and fuzzy on the outside. And then they pulled him immediately, got him out of the match. Do you think it's becoming an epidemic right now in WWE that they need to start watching the moves that these guys are doing? Or are these just two freak accidents? that happened in these two matches. I think these moves have been happening, like, like they've been happening over the years, and I, I don't know if it's just that they're, these guys are making too far of a jump, and I don't know how, you know, I'm not sure how far it is, maybe it's like a few, maybe five, uh, seven feet, but I think these guys are just jumping too far, and even the Samoan, like, going back and watching Samoan Joe injury, uh, 
Seth Rollins looked like he moved out the way. Like he, he, like he. I know normally those guys like try to throw themselves into it to kind of connect with it, but it looked like he just totally moved out the way. And I think if he was there to prevent that, I think um, on the other side, the, the whoever these guys are facing, they got to kind of help out with that, um, help try to prevent injury, especially. So wait, Aaron, are you saying that we're going to get another Bret Hart rant here, saying that Seth Rollins is bad for business and that he is out there getting guys hurt? But no, I don't think he was getting got. It could have been. It could have been a lot of things. It could have been a miscommunication thing. I just think that when it comes to moves like that, and I also think Samoa, like I think Samoa Joe being a big guy, I think you know his weight had a lot to do with how hard that fall was too. Not saying that he has to lose weight or anything, but, you know, because <laughs> he's a pretty decent-shaped big guy. You know, I, I think they just need to be more cautious about having certain people like, like him jumping through the ropes like that. Bigger guys, they shouldn't, that, that's really not in their moveset. That's for guys like Mysterio or Andrade or even Rollins jumping through the ropes like that. You know. Yeah. As long as we don't have Brock going for any shooty star presses in the new future, right? <laughs> yeah, you know he's turning purple again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just the big guys. First off, freak accidents. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. The other thing is with some of the kicks and strikes that they're throwing, trying to make them sound more high impact. There's bigger risks there, especially if the guys are stiff. So there's always that to worry about. I don't. I think some of the move sets they're just taking a little bit too far. You don't know need to go to that level mm-hmm. to entertain us, um, it could, and it could be us as fans going absolutely ballistic when the fourteenth guy in a row does the suicide dive out of the ring. I mean, it, it's every time you watch NXT or AEW, for example, it seems like you see that move at least three or four times in an episode. There's no need for it. Uh, I I miss when you had the big guys trying to be big presence uh, in that ring, overpowering their opposition. Um, I mean, there was a reason why Big Show was agile as he was. We never saw him throw a dropkick, even though we know he could. Apparently, he could do a moonsault off the top rope. Never actually saw him really do it in a match, except maybe once. There's a reason for that. And it's it's called high risk for a reason. And there's just, I feel like it, 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 we're going to get see more and more guys getting injured trying to push the envelope a little bit too far when it's not necessary. And I'm sorry for our, the short attention span wrestling fans out here. Uh, get over it. I mean, these guys are, yeah, we want we want to be entertained. We want to enjoy the show. But we could do all that based on story and based on nice scientific matches or a safer style. We don't need this over-the-top, holy shit chant type moves all the time. Um, so us fans are partially to blame for some of this. Yeah, because I think, uh, I think like wrestling, it's moving in a way where like the big guys are starting to be irrelevant. Like guys like Big Show or Braun Strowman, like back in the nineties and early two thousands, like these giants, like Kane, Undertaker, all these guys were like the thing back then. Now it's more, more so focused on technical wrestling, high flying. And I think that's like the era that it's moving into now. And I think just trying to keep those big guys relevant is part of what they're trying to do. Because you're seeing more and more people do it, like Samoa Joe, Biggie, you know, guys like Roman Reigns and all that stuff. So, yeah, I agree with that. And if Roman ever hit the ropes again and dove out over the top rope onto a bunch of people again, is that really going to change his moveset or change the reaction he's getting? People are either going to be booing him or cheering him, no matter whether or not he does that move anymore. Exactly. 
you see one fan called him out because when he comes out and does the Superman strike on the on the entrance ramp, he actually has a mat there, and somebody basically called him up. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, if you're going to call out Roman Reigns for that, then you got to call out Ray Lewis when he would come out in, uh, in Baltimore and they would bring out his own little patch of grass because he's not really pulling up the grass at the field. Like, I feel like wrestling fans mm-hmm. were, were either too... Some of them are too literal or, like, they don't care enough. Like, you got, like, is it really that that much that you got to call them out on it? Like, come on, man. Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes we, like, even some of these, they're just looking for something to complain about, you know, just for them to be relevant as a whole. But who knows? <laughs> I completely agree with you. Yeah, I, and... Freddie, let's be honest, we're, we're guilty of it at times. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. We all are. But. Andrade suspended. I mean, I, I have my thoughts on that, but I want I want to hear what you guys have to say first. Yeah, oh. when they didn't strip him of his title, I think letting him keep it, I think there's also a lot of backstage politics that have to deal with this with who he's engaged to, the lineage, all that stuff. He, he's got a bright future. I see what he was, where he was starting to head. It keeps him still in the mix for Mania when he comes back after his 30 days, just like Robert Roode. Um, I, I was just surprised he didn't lose his strap. So keeping him with the strap means... They, they must have something in store for him for Mania with the belt. So to not ruin it, they kept it on him. I mean, I honestly think, and it, and it could be a wild thought, but I'm like, normally if it was anybody else, they would have took the strap off of him. But I was thinking, like, you know, could him deal, dealing with Charlotte and being in a relationship with her and Ric Flair having the pull he does in the company, do you think that had a lot to do with it, with him not getting the belt stripped from him? What do you guys think about that? I think it played a little bit of a role. I think um, that definitely had something to do with with it, but I'm sure there's probably more to it than that. Encyclopedia. I I actually don't think it's I I don't think it was a PED or drug related issue. My personal opinion is it was probably because of the fact that they kept a belt on him too. Uh, whether or not it was Heyman's put, call to do so, I don't believe any of that. My personal opinion is. It was, and this has happened before. It was probably a scenario where either he didn't get to the doctor as stipulated to be tested, or so. I think it's something along those lines where he his he didn't get the sample to them in time, or he didn't get a, doc, a doctor's note for an exemption of some sort. I think it's something like that. I don't think it's necessarily something really truly PED related, and I think WWE knows that they were grasping at straws here, so they we're just going to keep the belt on them. I am. Um, I also, it, but it could also be like you said, ruining WrestleMania. Now, my theory for weeks has been he's dropping that belt to Aleister Black at WrestleMania. There was some rumors going around that there at one point Aleister Black was considered to be the one to win the Royal Rumble, which I think would have been a little too soon for that. Uh, would, would would have been a hell of a match to see Black facing Brock Lesnar, but I think he's still probably a year away from being on that level. 
Now, could could this be a way for WWE to introduce the new um, U.S. title that they've that we've been hearing about that's out there that's ready to be introduced, but they just haven't done it yet? Could they do it once Andrade comes back from this suspension? They bring him back with a new title and just play it off like, well, new title, new man. And he's ready to challenge for whatever. Um, I, I think that could be it. You know, I'm I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm so ready for a new United States title design. Um, you know, the titles have been the same for a while. They just recently changed it in continental title. I think it's something they need to do going into the future for sure. Um, but I, that could be an option. Um, I, I can see that being the reason why. But um, that you know, that'd be interesting. I usually tend to like the traditional style of the belts. I hated the new Intercontinental title, still do. Um, the U.S. title, it doesn't look like the one that it started off look uh, that we got from the WCW merger. Um, so I'd probably be a little bit more open to that as long as they didn't go too over the top with it. Uh, but, the, you know, big blinged out WWE in the middle, any bullshit like that. I, um the whole uh, all American flag all over design, yeah, that part can go. But if it still looks like a traditional belt, I'm I'm okay with it. Um, I haven't heard that recently, so uh, good good memory on that one, Freddie. Um, I don't think they're gonna end up doing that quite yet, but y- you never know. Now would be the time. I think the biggest loss actually here is not so much the U.S. title disappearing for the next month. I think it's what's gonna happen to Zelina. That's what I'm worried about. She could very well go off with her husband now, if you want to do that. But it, it just wouldn't make sense to throw her with him at this point. Yeah, yeah I could kind of see. I, I, I could, I can foresee that you know she they were that they to be slowly trying to separate Zelina and um, Andrade. You know, I think he's Andrade will be well off on his own. And uh, Zelina, I mean, I was even seeing Zelina in the Rumble. She wasn't, she wasn't too bad. You know. I mean, she's tiny, but, you know, I think with giving her some matches on some upcoming Raws or having her train with her husband and things like that, I think, you know, she wouldn't be too bad of a wrestler. Well, she has some wrestling experience. I think she wrestled in Impact, and from what I've seen of her, she's done pretty well. And let me tell you, that whole sequence with Carrillo and Andrade the other night with the DDT and everything, she freaking sold that like a champ with the crying and the... Throwing, throwing the temper tantrum. I mean, if Andrade being knocked out didn't do it, it was her reactions that really put it over the top. Uh, I, I, I think she she really made herself look like a star this this whole weekend in, in general. And hopefully, there's good things for her in the future. Uh, her with Alistair Black. I'm to this day, I I follow them both on Instagram, and I just like it seems like such an odd couple to me. I don't know if I'd want to see them on. <laughs> <laughs> on TV yet? You know what? You know when we're gonna get that? The next time WWE decides to roll out another Mix Max challenge, we're gonna we'll have them teaming <laughs> up, and then we'll have Andrade and Flair, and they'll be like, "Oh, why are these guys all teaming up? This is so weird." Yeah, okay. Now I still think Andrade needs a mouthpiece. Oh, so if you, if you take Zelina away from him, he still needs a mouthpiece for right now, at least, to get him over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Uh, either that or either that, or you're gonna have to match him up with Charlotte, because God knows she does enough talking for half the damn roster when she's got a microphone. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, she does. <laughs> now, spe- speaking of Charlotte, the talk is that she's going to challenge for the NXT championship. That's talk going around on the dirt sheets and stuff like that. Do you guys see that being the case? Is she going to give the rub to uh, Rhea Ripley to put her over at WrestleMania? Or is this just another, you know, Charlotte getting crammed down our throats? I just honestly think, I, I really don't think, I think WWE is kind of running out of ideas for her. I'm not sure. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing her fight with Ripley at WrestleMania, but I don't think the best idea is for her to win the NXT title. I don't see her benefiting or NXT benefiting from her being back in NXT. But um, uh, them fighting in the match, for sure, that'd be great. But I'm not sure where they're going with it. So it's just, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. So, I mean, that's uh, all I got for that one. It does seem kind of odd that the NXT Women's Championship is being rumored to have a defense at WrestleMania, especially because there is supposed to be another takeover that weekend. Um, which I, I am I the only one that thinks it's odd that they're running NXT Takeover Portland on February sixteenth? Uh, so you're talking six weeks between that and the next takeover, and why wouldn't it be defended there? And I doubt very seriously Charlotte's going to uh, demand a title shot at TakeOver, because that would kind of be a step down for her at this point. Um, the only reason why I'm okay with it is more on the res- uh, on the side of I want to see Shayna Baszler be the one to dethrone Becky once and for all at WrestleMania. I think it's a fresh matchup. Uh, there's a built-in storyline there. Uh, and I also, that would also lead ourselves to Possibly the opportunity of seeing Sasha Banks and Bailey finally get it on in the main roster on a on a pay per view match. Uh, I I've, I've been w- calling for that. I've been waiting for that since their feud in in NXT. Um, I know that we've had hints of it with different brawling backstage and all that crap a while ago, but I don't feel like they've been given that true avenue that they had in in the NXT world. And I think if done right. That could be a feud of the year contender yet again. Yeah, I feel like uh, if they do do it this way, NXT would come out big at WrestleMania, at least the women's division. And to your point with why they're running two takeovers so close together, I think honestly it's because AEW is coming out with their pay-per-view sometime, I believe, in February, right around the same time, if I'm not mistaken. So I think to combat with them, that's why they're throwing it out so quickly or within a short span. And then speaking of speaking of NXT, you mentioned NXT Portland. Cyclopedia, you want to tell us about this card coming up? Yeah, so right now we have four matches already signed for the upcoming NXT TakeOver Portland. Um, it's going to be on Sunday, February 16th, uh, this President's Day weekend. Uh, main event, or what we're assuming to be the main event right now, NXT Championship is going to be on the line. Adam Cole against Tommaso Ciampa. We know that it's going to be uh, Rhea Ripley against Bianca Belair. Uh, the Undisputed Era will be defending the Tag Team Championship against the winner of the Dusty Rhodes Classic, the Broserweights, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. And then we're going to finally see Johnny Gargano facing Finn Balor. So they're already putting together 
I'd say a pretty good card there. Uh, I think the Cole Tomash Champa match is going to be a lot of fun. Honestly, Bianca Belair does nothing for me, so I could give two shits about that match. Sorry, I uh, you know. No. That. Sorry, I I, I don't. <laughs> when it comes to Bianca and uh, Montez Ford, I sorry, I think Ford's got Ford's got my interest. Uh, <laughs> I feel like he's the better half in that in that relationship. But anyway, I, I don't know. Bianca just doesn't do it for me. I was really hoping it was going to be someone else uh, getting that shot against Rhea Ripley. Um, not necessarily Shayna Baszler because I think it's time for her to get moved up. But uh, there were some other possibilities there that I think would have been a better fit. Um, I would have loved to see Io Shirai get that title shot, but uh, as far as Undisputed Era and the tag team division, they, they've been on top for so long, I'm wondering when it's going to end for them. Um, I mean, Roderick Strong won the NXT North American title and lost it in during this tag team title reign that Fisher and O'Reilly currently have, and they've had that belt pretty much off and on for the last two years. Um, I'm not... I, I feel like Matt Riddle has a lot of potential to be an upper mid-carder on the main roster down the road. Um, I just feel like him and Pete Dunn were thrown together because the fans like them and they had nothing for them. Um, I'd be okay with them getting a little bit of a tag title reign there, but the whole tag teams getting thrown together thing that we're seeing with the Raw Tag Team Championship and the AEW Tag Team Championship, I don't want to see it again necessarily in NXT. Um Unless it's temporary, I mean, yeah, upsets do happen, but uh, it kind of kind of forces your the rest of your t- established tag teams to take a step back because it's like, well, these two singles guys got thrown together and won our belts. Uh, where does that leave us? Uh, Gargano Balor, you know, the, he's not called Johnny Takeover for nothing. Um, I, I this new Finn Balor as the prince. I don't know. I'm really missing the demon character. I really thought I'd be okay with this, and I'm just like kind of like, eh, whatever, you know. That I just found the demon character to be more exciting, even if even if he did it as a heel, I think it still would be more exciting than what we're getting now. Um, I feel like he's just kind of going through the motions right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like um, he's trying to channel that New Japan Prince a little too much, and it's not working out. I don't think they have the right storyline behind him to do so. So I think that's why it's kind of falling flat. Um, The Undisputed Era, I think it's time for their reign to come to an end with the tag belts at least. Um, Why why don't we have tag teams like the Street Profits or... You know what are what other tag teams do we have in NXT that can carry or at least start promoting a tag team division to move up to the main roster? It just shows you again WWE's main issue where the tag team division means absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sucks. But when when are we going to see the Street Profits actually do something other than a backstage segment? Like. What we got, Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins are tag team champions right now. Like, all right, cool. Like, that means absolutely nothing. Aaron, what do you think of this card? Um, I think um, I'm going to touch on the, uh, especially the NXT Championship match. 
I don't think Bianca Belair is going to win. Like, I myself uh, is a huge uh, Bianca Belair fan. I think she's fantastic in the ring. Um, especially, like, her Royal Rumble performance was amazing. I think she had about eight eliminations, and she was in there for about 33 minutes. Um, I was th- I'm not sure if she's actually going to... I don't think WWE is going to actually have her be the NXT Women's Champion. Uh, I think they're going to actually move her up to the main roster at some point, maybe during during this year. Because um, I, I, I think Rhea Ripley is going to have a, a, a long championship uh, run for, for a while. Um, I think she would be like a good addition to the main roster, especially on SmackDown. Uh, I think going head-to-head with somebody like Sasha Banks or, or Naomi or or people of that contender, I think would be pretty good. Um, I agree with you guys, especially with the Finn Balor uh, Prince thing. I'm I'm not too set on that. I miss the demon character myself. I wish they would just bring that back. Um, as far as the undisputed era goes, I I don't see Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley losing the titles just yet. Maybe as a takeover closer to uh, WrestleMania. Um, the same with Adam Cole. I, I see him dropping the NXT title close to the WrestleMania, but so we'll just see what happens with that. Yeah, it, like Adam Cole, the, this title reign's been going on what since since May of last year. So we got to give NXT that. We're, we're getting longer title reigns. I'm just <sighs> right now. If it's not Champa, and I don't think it will be, right now, I I feel like your best bet would be Keith Lee, and you just put the North American title on him. So. I don't see that happening quite yet. Um, yeah, the the NXT title picture is kind of muddled after after Champa. Uh, who, who's next? I mean, we we already saw Cole beat Balor. Uh, I don't think anyone's really clamoring to see that one again. It was it was a, it was a good match. It wasn't a great match though, in my opinion. Um, Gargano Cole, we've already we've already done that. Uh, so who's next? Riddle. I mean. Maybe Riddle, but Riddle right now, I feel like he's got he's kind of he's kind of moved down the card a little bit. That I don't think now he would be he would be the guy to topple Cole. Um, I think right now it's Keith Lee, and we're not going to see that for a while. What's going on with Velveteen Dream? I'm I'm not sure actually what happened. Did he get injured like not that long ago? Yeah, yeah, he dropped it. I if I remember correctly, he dropped the elbow off the top, and when he after he hit it, he like kind of grabbed his shoulder. I. So they, there's a video that's been played on NXT. Um, there's the, like these cosmic circles that appeared. Um, there was like five of them, and three of them had had numbers in them. One was the number two, one was the number five, one was the number twenty. They showed it one time with the five, like on the top, like in a triangle kind of formation. The two was on the bottom, and the twenty was on the right. So if you connected those three, there was a triangle, and then there was two other like cir- like cosmic circles in there. They then replayed it again, and the number switched, and it said two five twenty, which would be this Wednesday. Uh, there was a, I did read one theory that it's signaling the return of Velveteen Dream. Now, if that's the case, does he go back to that North American title picture, or do you move him up the card? I think at this point you got to move him up the card. Um, if, and I mean, if the if it is him, if it is signaling his return. If he's not going moving up to the main roster at this point, then yeah, I, like I think the next challenger for Adam Cole is what makes the most sense, and maybe it would be at Takeover. Yeah, for sure. I guess what is that Takeover Tampa? I guess it would be. Yeah, Tampa. Yeah. And then uh, earlier today, WWE 
forced out some of their management. It seems like there's a big shakeup going on. Two of their higher-ups were pushed out. The stock price dropped big time. So if you want to buy WWE stock now, might be the time I'm kind of tempted myself. <laughs> I think it dropped by 20%, but wow. they said that, uh, the issue was the the two that were let go did not share in the strategic vision of what the board wanted. Uh, let's be honest, Vince, Vince is... Got an ownership stake here. So is was it the entire board or was it just Vince McMahon? I mean, he's got over a fifty percent stake. So, um, and if if it later comes out that it's really it was Vince and these two against these two, and these two felt one way and he felt another, I mean, maybe the, the, there's a couple things we could see here. Um, if WWE can is uh, improves ratings wise, uh, merchandise wise, etc., then Vince had the right idea. If if WWE continues to go down with their ratings and their attendance, then maybe it was these two trying to say to Vince, "Hey, look, enough. You got to get with the times here." Um, there's our. There was another story that came out today that they've reduced the number of house shows. Uh, they're really down to maybe one or two a weekend, if even that, and that's across the entire roster. That's really telling because uh, we've seen plenty of photos of tv tapings where half the arena uh where the cameras are stationed are uh, is empty uh the attendance has gone down the ratings have been slowly but surely going down for the last year and a half and the fact of the matter is the only reason why they're being viewed as doing well is really because of those tv deals and the saudi arabia deal i mean how how i'd be curious to hear those how much those two tv deals and the saudi arabia deal how much of that is their income on a yearly basis? Because what are we talking between U.S. between USA, NBC, Universal, and Fox? They're getting 450 mil for TV rights a year, and then and then the Saudi Arabia deal. What are they getting there? It, it, supposedly, it's on a level that they're making more money off the Saudi Arabian deal than they are WrestleMania every year. So really, the Saudi Arabia, the two Saudi Arabian shows, the two TV deals, and maybe WrestleMania. If those are their only shows for the year, I'd be curious to see what those five, income-wise for them, how much of that makes up their yearly income versus everything else they do. And if it if that's the majority of it, if it's a huge number, let's say 75-80%, I can see why they're cutting back, but then is there even a point to the other stuff? I think it's oversaturation. Like, there's so much wrestling right now. That you're watching it all week. Do you really want to go to a random house show in Parsippany, New Jersey on a Saturday night? That means absolutely nothing. Or are you going to wait for you know your big pay-per-views or for Raw to come to your town? Because it's not just WWE that's having low attendance. It's AEW as well. We've all seen the... The opposite camera angles from the AEW shows where they're not selling out like they're saying they are. That that depends on location, though. Um, I will say that Prudential Center card, for example, those tickets are selling very well. So it might also be the mar- the markets they're trying to attack. Uh, I mean, maybe they're going to have to stick to the biggest markets for a while. I'm sorry for those of you in Birmingham... Alabama, or we're, 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 you know, sorry, Conrad Thompson, uh, in his neck of the country, but 
those are not areas where there's a huge population and a lot of people going to those shows. So maybe that maybe that's what they need to do. I mean, and I think AEW's running into that. AEW's hitting a lot of the old WCW towns. Um, those towns never really seem to draw that well. So maybe you need to stick with the bigger markets, your Houston's, your Dallas, your Philadelphia, your, Phoenix, yeah. your Denver, Philly, yeah, that's a good one, Chicago. Stick to the big cities for now. Um, they're, they're drawing. I mean, if you start losing the attendance in all those cities, then you've really got to worry. Um, maybe that's what they need to do right now. And then with AEW, um, AEW, there was a big debate on Busted Open Radio. What does AEW have that NXT doesn't have, for example? Um, and I saw some debate online that followed this up. Uh, what what makes AEW a better show than NXT? I mean, it seems to be the case because the ratings are slightly higher. And uh, what I was reading on social media, somebody actually hit it on the head Um AEW, you have your Jerichos, you have your Moxleys, you have uh, the Elite guys, you have Cody, you know, you, Kenny Omega and all those guys. So I think a lot of people are tuning in because they're fans specifically of those guys. Some of them we saw in New Japan, some of them we saw on WWE before. Going up against NXT, who does NXT really have that was on that had that main roster presence besides the Finn Balor there's really nobody and at least when you watch AEW you know Cody's going to get universally loved the elite guys are going to get loved I mean there's some guy there's a lot of guys that are playing heel and yet they're getting face reactions I mean Jericho last couple weeks he comes out everyone's singing his theme song but then AEW does have a true heel like MJF the fans hate that guy NXT on the other hand even if you're a heel, like Adam Cole, I would argue, would probably be your top heel there. But everybody's doing a shtick when he comes out. So it, if NXT consistently had somebody that was a big name for the main roster that was there, and not a Finn Balor who got a cup of tea, literally, uh, with the title and then was injured and never really climbed back up to the level, but someone that was a, of a legend status uh, that used to be a main eventer like a Jericho, would NXT's ratings go up? Um, around Survivor Series, when the whole NXT versus SmackDown versus Raw thing was happening, NXT did win a couple weeks there, and it seemed to be on nights where guys from the main roster were showing up on NXT. So even if NXT has better wrestling, which I think they do, I think we're seeing, we're still seeing little hints of some of these guys in AEW only got as far as indies. They never really were on that TV show level where their stuff's getting exposed. Um... You know, I think that's where NXT puts out a better product as far as the wrestling goes, but the bigger names are on AEW. And even then, and I've been saying this for months, AEW and NXT, neither one of those shows hitting a million viewers on a weekly basis is a travesty because, honestly, both of those shows are, are in my opinion, more entertaining than anything we'll see on Raw or SmackDown. Not that Raw and SmackDown are terrible every week. They've, they've gotten steady. But NXT and AEW consistently, I feel like, are a more entertaining show, and it's it's sad that they're going up against each other, eating into, into each other's viewers. I also think with like Raw and SmackDown, it's like you're constantly seeing the same matches over and over and over again, and I think that has a lot to do with it. So that the while people get bored, like I think you just need to, I think they just need something fresh, like you know, new storylines. I mean, there's so many guys they're not using to their full potential, and I know that's been a conversation for a long time you know guys that are just sitting around who don't get 
the TV. And I think part of it, too, is that, you know, Raw is the only WWE show that has that goes for three hours. And sometimes I'm watching, I'm like, Raw doesn't need to be on two hours. I mean, three hours. You know, it's not that much of an exciting show to be on for three hours. Like, I, I mean, I can probably sit through a three-hour NXT show. But I just, I think really it just needs to go back to a solid two hours because Raw has just been kind of terrible to me for the for a while now. You know, it seems like they're kind of pushing to for SmackDown to be the main show. I mean, they're trying, but it's 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 really difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten better in some respects, but uh, the three hours I think is really what kills it. Um, there's just too much time to fill there, and we're talking about, I mean, just WWE alone, weekly television. They're putting out. We're looking. Seven hours of wrestling content alone. That's not including 205 Live. They also try, want viewers to go to WWE backstage uh, on, on FS1 on Tuesday nights at 11 o'clock. That's not even breaking 100,000 viewers some weeks. Is Fox Sports okay with that kind of rating? What were they getting in that time slot before? So there's all. If you include 205 Live and and backstage, WWE's got a show on pretty much every night of the week. Except for Thursday, you're talking three, four, five, six, seven, eight, including 205 line. That's nine hours of wrestling a week. On top of it, there's AEW. There's two hours there. If you're into NWA Power, that's on YouTube. I think that's an hour. Impact has their hour, two-hour show, whatever it is on Axis, if you get that channel. there. It's nice to have the variety, but I think overall it's actually kind of killing the business in some respects uh, because the, the viewership's going down. Um, if you combined all those viewers, if they were all unique and came up with numbers, that's still equaling what they were getting during the Attitude Era or even what they were getting in the 2000s. I don't think so. And then they want you to subscribe right. to the network and they want you to watch footage on there. It, it's killing it. There's there's too, there's too much wrestling right now. It's There's too much, I think. You need to go back to the old days, kind of condense it down a little bit. But with all the TV deals, I don't see that happening at all. And in other wrestling-related no. news, we had Nikki Bella announce her pregnancy uh, throughout social media. I think she's even on the cover of what is it, Life magazine or one of the People magazine, something like that announcing her pregnancy is it that mainstream should it be that mainstream probably not but it is getting that much burn so congratulations out there uh, on the aw side we, we didn't really get too much into them actually you you had a breaking story oh yes sorry before yeah uh we had the luke harper or what brody lee now is his name on the independent scene uh, AEW is looking at bringing him in sometime next or er, in March. His WWE contract ends in uh, his what 90 day no compete after he's released ends in February. So the talk is of bringing him in to AEW at the I don't know if that's their pay per view or an event that they're having their AEW live or whatever it is. It's March 18th in Rochester, New York, which is his hometown. I think that's why they're claiming that. Because his no-compete ends before that. 
um, if it ends before the next pay-per-view revolution, I'm not sure why they wouldn't just have him debut there, but I, I guess I could see why they would go with the hometown. Uh, on a on a positive note, um, I've been shitting all over Britt Baker for months, um, especially last week with the heel turn and her kind of insulting Tony Schiavone. Let me tell you, this week she came out, did it again, and went into JR, but it actually came across as more b- believable. She's coming across as cocky now, like she's full of herself. It's actually becoming across more more realistic i was actually like wow she just cut the promo of the night um i may be exaggerating that i'm sure not everyone's gonna necessarily agree with that but adam cole hats off to you you must have been working with her because she freaking nailed it this week um i think i think they're setting her up to be the one to finally take the women's belt off rio at the next pay-per-view and i think they're doing it with this heel turn and she she's she's hitting it out of the park i'm i've been i've been surprised I, i've been surprised and i'm impressed uh good for dr Britt. nice and aaron do you have anything before we close out tonight's episode um yeah i guess one thing i think i mean it's wrestling related but it has to do with john cena i know john cena's on the cast of the fast nine fast and furious nine but i think the trailer drops tomorrow actually that's right but yes yeah, so but i'm looking forward to that i'm a big fast and the furious fan but um I mean, other than that, I think that's it. Yeah, I doubt we'll have this episode out before that trailer hits, but... (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you guys go check that out after you listen to this episode if you haven't seen it already. But we want to thank you guys for tuning in. We want to say thank you for Aaron to coming on the show. Check out his podcast. Uh, Yeah, Brawling with Boyd Wrestling Podcast. Brawling with Boyd Wrestling Podcast. Check it out, guys. Aaron, thank you for coming on the show. We'd love to have you back again. Everybody, tune in for our next episode. And we will catch you guys next week. Peace.